following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Springspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah. We talk games! Full bullshit and energy! We talk games arcade weekly welcome to another episode wow we're still back who thought we would be on a telephone all for our shows to happen lights and cameras and action and stinky the game masters here keith laroche is in the booth thought <laughs> <laughs> we renamed him keith queef La- laroche yo i am wiggly i'm a thief and a scoundrel and a fraud on the phone kyle von kubik Hey. And on the Skype pipe from the great continent of uh, Ireland, Ulysses S. Bangy J. Johnny de Capcom. Yes, true. Yes. We, we've reached continent status, <laughs> all ten foot of country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, did I ever tell you that my uncle was Irish? No, I didn't. Hated him. <laughs> hated him. Good. Yeah, yeah. What part of Ireland was he from? Maybe I hated him. He was from Uncle Jim, Ireland. I don't know. Uncle was Jim. Was he a real uncle or was he one of these uncles that, like, you know. <laughs> Took me places. You inappropriately. <laughs> Is a man that just goes, oh, don't worry, I'm your uncle. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Canico making DJ Boy 1989. Surprise, surprise. Brought to my attention by Johnny Capcom himself, 1992's B-Rap Boys. Two for Tuesdays. Two for Tuesdays. <laughs> Monday, 12 a.m. I reference this constantly. Now I'm going to have to start referencing Kid Chameleon. I remember that guy. He'd be a samurai or a thing. I know. Yeah. He could be a dragon too or something. Spitfire. You know what? There was a fucking uh, urban legend that went around my town that was like, oh, there was this kid in America and he got to level 99 on Kid Chameleon and he lost and he couldn't continue. So he killed himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's only proper for playing Kid Chameleon or DJ Boy. Now, when I saw DJ Boy in the Genesis, I was so jealous of my friend's Genesis. You know, I had to play it cool because I was a Turbo Graphics guy. I was jealous of that, and I was jealous of Kageki. Both games that you probably would not want to play. Both games you've probably never heard of. Oh, really? You never heard of Kageki? No. You should try to play it. It's you should, <laughs> That's the key word, try. It's an early fighter. And you're in a square ring surrounded by hoodlums, these mafia types from Japan. And 
you're just in an illegal fight and you're just trying to beat somebody up. It sort of looks like Ring King, except not as polished. And of course, no one remembers Ring King. So that's not a very good analogy. But you beat each other up and you have giant, super deformed heads. It's very difficult to win. You can. It's only so, sort of one button, punch, 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 another button for your super punch. But the, it's very cheap. It's a very cheap game. I was jealous of those two titles because I thought they were cool. And little did I know at that time that they were actually just uh, arcade games. But I do remember seeing DJ Boy and having to get the import for the Mega Drive because at the end of the first level, we, uh, I encountered something that would be one of the first experiences knowingly, knowingly, with questionable racist type of content in a video game. And it was because at the end you'd, you'd fight, uh, I guess there's a mid-boss and then there's the end boss. You fight a heavyset lady that spins around and she tries to kung fu you and tries to do all this thing. She's wearing a dress with bloomers and then every now and then she'll lift up her hoop dress and she'll crack wind at you in a big green or a big brown puff of poop poop fart smells and initially she was drawn as a woman of color and wow you tiptoed around that for days yeah yeah well it's a uh esque knockoff but see, i'm that's sorry john i thought no, it was- to know i wrote was this is what thomas's owner and tom and jerry probably look like if the camera pulled up <laughs> oh my god oh the, is, yeah the is- maid woman oh yeah i forgot about that dead nuts accurate but see, that's what I thought, and that's what I called it back then. I thought that, you know, you're playing a mammy angle. But yeah. when I played it again on the arcade, I don't know, for some reason, it didn't look offensive to me. Uh, well, I didn't play the arcade version of this. I played the Mega Drive version because I couldn't get the fucking main ROM to run properly. Oh, okay. Probably because there's a lot of voice and stuff in it. I don't know. Just so I wasn't schlubbing, I, I played the, uh, the Genesis version. And okay. when I was watching video of the arcade version... The boss in that was, I guess you'd say, of a lighter complexion. High Ooh, yellow. It, yeah, and in, in the uh, Genesis version, darker complexion. Yeah. Right. And, um, very strange. Uh, oh, and uh, just to be sure, the Genesis version is a big old fuck you. It's a one-hit game over. Yes. It's not worth the fucking strife. No, yeah, for cheap. some reason... We played the shit out of this game when we were kids. (laughs) Neighbor across the street had Genesis, had this game. We thought that there was going to be something great at the end of this, and we tried and we tried, and we (laughs) spent hours trying to get to the second screen and then trying to get to the third screen. I don't know how far we got, but we didn't get very far because the game is incredibly difficult. There's no continues. It's you died, you're out, back to start. But the Genesis version or the North America version of DJ Boy, if we're going to keep on topic is completely whitewashed the woman that you're referencing at the end that you fight is pink she's not any sort of uh, skin color that is familiar at all it, she's literally bubblegum pink and all the other characters that you fight are also completely whitewashed as well which i don't know is that more offensive the arcade version definitely has a more uh, multi-ethnicity skin variance happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, there's a weird thing in like and I've been looking at a lot of arcade games from era. There's racism problems, and there's also, and this comes up in the later levels, and I don't want to mean to skip far, forward too much, but like the Leatherman thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, here come the Leathermen prancing around to kick the shit out of you. Like, you know. Well, what you don't realize is back in the 90s in America, roller skates and assless chaps were really popular. <laughs> and Wolfman Jack, evidently. Yes. You do know this was his last video game that he ever lended his voice to. Is that, Is that so? who it was? Yeah, and probably his first video game ever. <laughs> I mean, yes. that sounded like uh, the American Dream himself, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, well, the, you know, Dusty was not uh, as original as you might think. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's just like, uh, if if anything, if Dusty had done it, it might have been slightly more racist. Definitely, yeah, he would add Big Mama there. Uh, but Wolfman Jack is not racist, and I'm sure he wasn't exposed to this game before he landed, if he was even alive when this game came out. But there are a couple of unique things about this game. First of all, yes, you do skate like you're skating in drying cement. It's very, very tedious, not only to try to stay alive, but just to get from A to B. On the scrolling levels, you can control how fast or how slow you skate, but the enemies tend to always elude you, no matter if you're slowing down, speeding up. It's very difficult on the uh, on the rolling levels until you come to a stop. In fact, there's kind of interesting things that happen in this game, probably not on purpose, but there's certain enemies that you'll never beat. They'll just come on screen, maybe you'll hit them once or twice, and then you never see them again. And also, what's interesting about this game is you could beat one of your enemies like halfway, one of the lackeys, you could beat them halfway and the game will still continue. You'll go to the next stage and then you'll just have more enemies to, to take on. But that's kind of unusual that you don't have to beat a set metric in one part of the stage before you continue mm. uh, until you get to the maybe second half, third half of that stage. And there are very unusual bosses in this that make total sense to <laughs> being on roller skates. First of all, I don't understand his enemies in the first screen are all multi-ethnic and b-boys, but they're all wearing uh, like uh, white power suspenders and pants. Well, yeah? now, if you've ever read up on uh, the, the white power people, I think it's specifically red suspenders and red laces, that's how you, you tell the, the racist skinheads from the non-racist ones. Okay, so this is a mixture, because there are redhead with red uh, stripes on their sneakers, on their skates, I should say. And then there's ones that have uh, a blue. So it's the good skinheads versus the bad, but... Probably are. an unintentional palette swap. Shock <laughs> <laughs> it but up just, that. But I mean, it's multi-ethnical. It's like the skit on that Crazy Man show that was only ever had three shows, and they showed it for five years. The black uh, Ku Klux Klan member, the blind guy. It's oh, like, Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he wrote no. this. <laughs> he wasn't even born. First stage, you're skating through a city and by a trolley and things like that. There's a guy that's breathing fire, and he's on roller skates, and he's all in leather with leather shorts and knee pads. <laughs> and all he does is sort of go around and breathe fire. Now, you're fighting a lot of the minions as well. And like I said, sometimes, and there's a cat. What about that yes. cat? You can rescue him at times. There's a, a, a weird fucking looking cat that looks just like a regular tabby, but then his face is just all green eyes and, a, and like a nose and ugh. It's like a face with a mouth and a nose. He, he looks stuff. very out of place. He's he doesn't weird. look like he's a part he's, of the original Sprite set for some reason. Yeah. He'll hop along by you if you do rescue him. As I mentioned, you fight the ballet mammy, if you will. 
Yeah, I think they toned down like the different things that were obviously offensive initially on the arcade version. I can say one thing about the art direction of this game. Yeah. The sensibility of of it all is very Japanese as far as how strange it is. We touched on with Mikey how it was uh, interesting that this was like a Japanese perspective Mm. of what the 1980s American high school experience is, whereas this seems like this is the Japanese perspective of what the 1990s American experience is. (laughs) But the art direction especially the arcade, because the Mega Drive and the Genesis definitely look more Japanese in nature. But the art direction in this looks very European. They got like slightly bigger heads. To me, they look like Braid characters. I obviously, Mm. Braid came out many decades after, but it reads very European to me, even though it's not. Um, I wonder did the creator of this game get all upset when a rapper didn't get B-Rap Boys or... (laughs) (laughs) Probably. They don't get it. They're supposed to be racist. <laughs> One of the odd things is at the end, when you do beat the boss, you collect the uh, musical notes. Yeah, which, and uh, for a game called DJ Boy why do you need- and collecting music notes, <laughs> the soundtrack is fucking terrible. Ah! Game. Ah! Okay, well, I'll give you what that. What kind of DJ is he? Is he a scratch DJ? Is he just you never see him DJ. He's never DJing. He's, he's completely roller skating. He gets his uh, boombox. And know, DJ is the constant. Oh, that's right. Because you have to rescue your music box, don't you? You got to rescue <laughs> your stereo, and then you beat the game, and you don't get your stereo back. That's true. <laughs> but you get to dance like Michael Jackson from yeah, Billie Jean. So. That's true. That was some really good motion capture that's completely out of place with the rest of the game as well. <laughs> but yeah, you capture musical notes like Popeye at the end of the screen, and you never DJ. And DJ's the connective, because it was DJ Boy or DJ Kid in Japan. Then there's a subway in it, so I like that. And a very odd mechanic of some characters. Like, there's a person crawling on top of the subway car, which, for some reason, they're sneaking around, crawling around on top of it. You can't even get to that person. And they're throwing briefcases at you, and the briefcases are bombs. And the game has a weird fascination with little (laughs) people. Yeah, there's weird shit in that game. If anyone remembers back to the last episode, my clue was Copacabana, especially mm. in the Mega Drive version, but in this version as well. There are tiny little Barry Manilow-looking dudes <laughs> that you can kick for health. I have no idea. They're so weird. At the beginning of the arcade version, I believe, you let the attract screen go. For some reason, a blonde King Diamond appears and uh, lets bats come out of his cape or something. That's who Wolfman's supposed to be, yes. except it's Dracula. Okay, okay, Wolfman and Dracula. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, my. Why didn't we review this for fucking Halloween, huh? It was close. Both were as shitty Halloween games as one another, so we went with, I guess, the less shitty. Of- it's up for a debate. There's also incredible things around the stages, like uh, breakable items, like the uh, dust bins, the mm. garbage cans, and they don't do anything. Some of the barrels you could kick over, and I think you could barrel some people's heads in the end, but you fight leathermen that are trying to whip you, and then uh, a guy takes off his clothes, and he's a Chippendales dancer. And he walks like <laughs> some sort of weird mannequin robot. It or- must have been a move back then that was popular in the Borscht Belt. I'm not sure. <laughs> I just disappointed he wasn't doing the electric slide, you know. <laughs> it's just very odd. There's muscle moves and everything, and he tries to rub on you. And then at the end, when you beat him, he deflates. <laughs> yes. It's a blow-up muscle guy. It's he really looks a, skinny a little guy. bit out of place. He actually reminded me of like a, a sprite from Simpsons arcade game. 
Yeah, he's just the same kind of animation style. That's and it. because of his more basic palette, I guess. Like, I mean, he's just all skins. He is. All white, like. He does wear white sock and black <laughs> shoes and a bow tie, of course, and a mask. But when you're that buff, you don't got to worry about leaving your socks on. That's right. No one's looking at your stinky Fritos toes, corn <laughs> chip feet. Then you find a clown. He's a mirror. There's motorcycle guys, uh, motorcycle helmets on unicycles. Then you go in a slot machine area, the casino. casino. Here you go again with what you were talking about, I guess, during your shmup timbre. You were talking about something that you're not supposed to collect, although you're always collecting diamonds and gems and things. Don't collect the diamond that comes out of the guy's head. And yeah. here you get hurt by fucking money coming at you. Yes. Don't you collect money in every game? You collect money here. Ouch. I don't get it. Watch out. When the slot machines hit jackpot, stay out of the way. <laughs> yeah. It's but bad. In this one, you do fight a very unexpected group. You don't think you're going to see these guys playing in a casino, but Van Halen is actually on stage. <laughs> Well, uh, no. Striper. Half of them. Well, you think it's Striper? Striper. They had the yellow and black pants. Uh, my guys look like Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth. But there is a yeah. cowboy on the drums. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to know. Now, do you fight them before or after the Russian nesting doll, Kingpin? Oh, I couldn't beat him. So he, I didn't he, know I fought him. He doesn't move. Yeah. He blocks your way, but you just jump up and kick him in the face. Yeah, I couldn't. And then, it scrolled on me. So what happens as, to him? As you fight him, he breaks down into smaller variants of himself. I think you kick him three times, he's one size smaller. You kick him three times, he's another size smaller. And then you bounce him out of the way. Strange <laughs> as fuck. I don't know why that's in there, but it's there. But the game's not strange enough. I don't know why we love this game. Playing it again, I was like, I don't know why I have such nostalgia for this game. I guess because I was younger, I was playing it on the Genesis, and uh, you know, you, you had very limited access to games. The game is strange; it's not really over the fence strange. And as far as a brawler is concerned, no power ups, no mm -hmm. weapons, a lot of palette swaps. It's kind of standard affair. I think nostalgia really helps this game. I, and I came to this game new. Oh, okay. I played DJ Boy back in the day, and I was just there going, oh, fuck. <laughs> the problem with a lot of those games is like that to have a truly good brawler, you do need varied environments, varied scenarios, and new ways to use your moves and weapons. So, and True. this game doesn't have that. No. Like, here's a new background, and here's a new boss. Like, right know, on. Top of that, I'm sure they weren't thinking in the arcade. I'm sure they were going this way, so nobody's ever going to get past level two. Like, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's a construction zone site, which is pretty cool. You fight some crazy people in a junkyard. But then the desert level is very humorous. It's like a turn-of-the-century ghost town spaghetti western type of area so that's kind of weird to be skating there and especially to fight a leather man in, in the back uh, mexican alleys right maybe it's based on Django kill if you live shoot i don't know if you've seen that one the gang of cowboys that are very leathery shall we say <laughs> and not at all pc mm. really good movie though this game is definitely not PC at times. No. And then you definitely fight two Aunt Jemimas, I guess you would call them. They also throw a giant boulder at you, and the boulder is uh, scanned in boulder. <laughs> it's, it's this completely fully rendered boulder on top of this incredibly cartoony background, and they pick it up and interact with it, which is so odd. Uh, and then the actual Michael D Jackson is 
breakdancing at the end and all the villains, muscle men and everybody else comes out. That's it's DJ like a Boy. little Michael Jackson. It's, it's crazy. Like a mini one. He reminded me of a Michael Jackson he would have in a film from India. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about and it definitely hit that note for me. I just didn't have time to look up his name or else I was going to make that reference. Because uh, there's that little Indian kid who does all the Michael Jackson movies. Yeah. He's on and he YouTube. Sings, and he's like 60 years old. He <laughs> looks like a little baby. Well, we're sure to offend you if uh, these games haven't. B Rap Boys is the 1992 sequel to this. And uh, this is a three player game. If you ever get to play this three player, you're in yeah. for a big treat. Now, imagine, if you will, <laughs> Tattoo, Charles in Charge, and Rerun form a rap group. <laughs> That's, that's what you get with this game. Except one is on skateboard, one is on a bicycle, and one is on roller skates. And a bicycle, definitely the best weapon, the best thing to be on in this game. You can actually get kicked off of it. And the, the first DJ Boy, I will say this, I didn't find it repetitive. Why? Because you hardly fought anybody. <laughs> you fight like six people the entire level. So it took a hell of a long time to get through each level to only fight six people. This game has that repetitiveness because you may only fight those same six people, but you fight hordes and hordes of them to the point of ridiculousness as far as to how many enemies are on level at the same time, just to get to the big payoff, which is the boss, of course. The game definitely helped with what DJ Boy was lacking with speed. Definitely have more control. It's a lot faster. I don't know if the enemies are any less cheap, but there's a wide variety of enemies. Everybody think of something different in the world, and then we'll make them <laughs> one of the... And he's got a nose ring, and, and then there's like a... I, I don't know, a regular guy from like a shopping center. I don't know who he is. But when you knock some of these guys out, they got blood coming out of their mouth and everything. But just a lot more interactive environments. And, you know, I played through the first level and I was like, okay, an instrument truck's exploding. People of all shades, colors, and statures. And it's not like uh, somebody that is of certain shades is falling into one certain type of category. Right. You know, everyone's wearing different types of clothes. Nothing's um, stereotypical, except the music is, of course, rap, but it's called DJ Max Boy. Um, <laughs> DJ, DJ Rap Boy, I mean, I almost gave it away. But then you start fighting on the shore by Pale God. Cafe, so bad. Ham Ham, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a guy flown around on Mickey Mouse balloons, our buddy Max. Oh, geez. Now, Max looks like Coolio, and you think, okay, that's okay. He's a crazy guy floating around with a mask on and got dreadlocks, and he's got Mickey Mouse balloons that he's flying around on. But then he throws bombs at you. Now, good. He's a bomb-throwing dude. That's cool. Except, except the bombs are watermelons. Why? Why did they do this? <laughs> Round watermelons that blow up. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. I was shocked when I... Uh, now, this was my first time playing this game, and I was having the same feeling as you. I'm like, all right, this is a little bit better. They grew you up. Got a, you got a nice group of people, all the kids in different shades. That's cool. I can get behind that, you know? <laughs> they added the, the cycle and the skateboard. Okay, it feels a little bit faster. These are some improvements. And then here comes Max floating in <laughs> with his Sambo <laughs> shit, and I'm just like, oh, God, this uh, is so bad. Yeah. This is so bad. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Especially when hot dogs are $1.25. I really don't need <laughs> this shit coming into my life. You know, I mean, I'm, I, then you fight a fellow in an animal show, a big giant uh, fellow wearing a sombrero, which surprisingly 
not racist. He was teetering on whether or not he was anything, to be honest, because his maybe it's just bad art. Yeah, <laughs> he was he wasn't racist because the artists weren't very good because they couldn't decide whether they want him to be a boxer, a wrestler or a luchador, a sombrero bullfighter. Yeah, bullfighter. Yeah. Here's a question, though, right? Yes. Do you think that that was the way Japanese people legitimately considered the West to be? <laughs> it's possible. You know, they were like, none of us have ever been to America, but this game is set here. We've got a few videos in the back there to watch to see uh, what America's like. Sadly, some of them are outdated, so we're just going to watch Birth of a Nation again. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, possible. sounds good to me. <laughs> it is one of the top 100 films in, to see. I might as well. You know, I mean, what was his name? Uh, W.D. Griffith? Yeah. I mean, how could he be wrong? Another weird thing about Japan, and I was showing someone in my work this recently. A couple of years ago, New Japan Pro Wrestling put together a poster for their Dominion show that was basically Auschwitz teams. Oh, no. So it's like Hiroshi Tanahashi in like a concentration camp. They're still not Jesus over this. Christ. Right. A few years ago, a film came out called Vampire Girl vs. Frankenstein. Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, my So you don't know gosh. whether to hate that or to love it because it's so silly. But, yeah, we finally get the return of Step and Fetch It Blackface. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't Maybe this is their comeback for Hiroshima or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're over survivor's guilt. Now it's, you know, into that stage of, of anger. So this is definitely our most racist show ever to go along with the game. It's not us. It's this goddamn <laughs> set of games. That's true. Uh, one thing we did fail to mention is that, of course, uh, bringing in the fact wrestling and racism, most of the enemies will do wrestling moves to you, like suplexes or pile drivers or things like that at different times during a game, which is also kind of out of place for them to be doing. So it's kind of interesting that you get the giant swing or something else like that going on. We referenced this game heavily, and I first found out about it on We Talk Games before I was a part of it, and I hopefully we can talk about Burning Fight someday mm. in this genre, but featuring, like, the first boss is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, there's sorry. no Bird doubt about it. is a truck, and there's weird sexual and racial uh, things going on in that game as well, no This game's interesting in that it has this Mount McGregor ride, which is a flume ride, but you can't fight on it. All you do is try to break the barrels or block the barrels that are coming at you by the enemies. I thought that was interesting. After that, you get into a mech, and... I think this was the first time I've ever been inside a mech where I actually felt like I was controlling a three-ton out-of-control mech. Oh, no, we played a Kirby Epic Yarn together and you got in the mech. But, I mean, I didn't feel like I was playing a mech and trying to move around something that shouldn't be able to walk until I played this game because you felt like you were trying to push around several tons of metal that was unwilling to cooperate with you. Right. They captured the sensation of controlling mechs perfectly. It's a senseless part, and you actually do that. What I was saying about DJ Boy, where there were no power-ups or weapons mm. or, or variety, I think they probably looked at their contemporaries and they're like, all right, let's make this more racist, <laughs> and we'll also put in some weapons and well, a mech suit for the fuck of it. Then you fight against uh, you see, the, yeah, yeah. the mech brothers at the end. Right. You fight bulls, there's the running of the bulls, fight lumberjacks, you fight inside of a lion's cage against a lady lion tamer. You, you want to see an adult woman beat down a child with a whip. 
I guess. In fairness, a tree skating fucking weirdos ran in and started trying to beat the shit of a woman in a lion cage. <laughs> you'd watch. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You fight on like this log type of log jam ski lift. More fighting of the same people again. The bosses and the bosses and the death match. And then this is a game that I failed to mention too. Is a three player game with a feature that I love that we rarely see in games, either first-person shooters or what have you, where you can hurt your enemies. I love to be able to hurt my enemy. My partner. Your ally? Your ally. <laughs> yes, you can hurt your partner. I really like that because that adds a level of stop, Do you consider stop your kicking enemies? me. No. No, but you have to play wiser and you're always like, fuck, you keep hitting me. You're killing me. Yeah. It's actually an annoying thing in a game, but I sort of miss that from happening because... I'll be honest with you. Whenever I play a game like that where I can hurt my team member, yeah, I always have to do it for the laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe they'll uh, be having trouble with an enemy or something. And I'll be like, oh, don't worry. I'll come to save you. And I'll just jump kick him in the back of the head because I know I can get away with it. Speaking about a non-ending, the ending of this title, you actually do have to fight your fellow B-Rap boys that are all rapping on their mm. skateboards and bicycles. You have to fight, and then only one will fight the end boss. And the end boss is not racist, uh, which is good. Uh, Wolverine, I think, might be in the audience. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's time for the final match, and you fight against a big blonde guy with you know muscles. Sitting in a dragon chair. And I did it. You have fought a hard battle. And the challenge has been answered. Did I miss something? I what don't was, know. Do you know about the Starship Gate 1? <laughs> where you're fighting? Is that to do with it? You are now the ultimate warrior. Game over. And that's it. There Damn. are a lot better brawlers out there. And a lot less racist than this. <laughs> These two games. But not as good rap on this song. This song is wall-to-wall rap. When they say this game is going to be called B-Rap Boys, we're going to make sure we rap. Not like DJ Boy, where he doesn't DJ, and these guys don't rap, but we're going to have rap. For 1992, there's a ton of voice sampling and music sampling, so I guess that's slightly impressive. I I want to say as well, the animation on the opening dance is quite impressive. There's a lot more frames in there than there should be almost. You know? Some more mocap on that one. Like a Ralph Bakshi film. Oh, don't even bring I can animate this really quickly because all I do is color it in after I film real people. Oh. Oh. And now here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. Does anybody ever write on our Twitter that they got the audio clue? No. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> They're hanging on to knowing what next week's show is. They don't want to ruin it for us. They know if they say, we know what next week's show is from all your great clues about <laughs> uh, video games you've never even heard of. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yes. One time I was listening back to an episode of We Talk Games a few months ago when I was just doing the old tips. Oh. And uh, I remember a, a piece of audio 
played in and went, ooh, I think I know what that game is. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, of course I fucking know what game it is. <laughs> I have the list of games that need to be done. Maybe we should just put all the names of titles we may or may not do at some point in the future, and then you try to multiple guess out of that. Well, my clue's going to be, and I'll fly the anchor. My clue will be, with cleavage like that, of course I'll continue. <laughs> Mine will be, she's attractive. <laughs> is it blueprint it's blueprint it's right blueprint. that's the game we're playing next week it's blueprint yeah, sweet sally what was her name i can't remember nelly eh. pauline eh. hey everybody welcome to what up thank you thanks for tuning in listening to our voices once again for the most racist show ever is, oh, is today geez. today racism week I hope not. Oh, uh, yeah. because it should was not be a thing. The Halloween show and then the racist show. What? Well, Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. That's considered. That inherently racist. I think genocide is considered racism, but I might have to check on that. Oh, is that the, the, the holiday that they based Custer's Revenge on the Atari on? <laughs> Press the button and you do yep. crime. John's right. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining in. And uh, next week, we won't be as racist, we promise. We might not even be here. We might get shut down. Okay, bye. I'm the biggest and hit. I'll be number one.